Welcome back. Well, to a very, very important issue now. There are new, renewed calls for more foster carers. This is a real crisis, isn't it? The number of children in state care is growing day by day, but there are fewer families coming forward to help them out. So, you know, we need to do something about it. And, of course, when the foster carers do put up their hand, they often limit themselves to babies and toddlers, mainly, A, because their perce- the perception is this age is the one most at risk, and... Secondly, they're less demanding to care for. Is that always the case? Not sure. However, older children and uh, young people are equally as vulnerable. They also need a safer place to call home and to develop a positive relationship, and that's where the carers come in. Now, we've got uh, some very important people in the studio with us this afternoon to talk about this. We've got Cathy Taylor, who's the Chief Executive of the Department of Child Protection. Hi, Cathy. Hi, Alan. How are you? Good to see you again. Uh, Leanne uh, Haddad who's the Executive Manager of Children's Services Unit at Centre Care, which is, of course, uh, the, the Catholic uh, Family uh, Services. Hi, Leanne. Hi, Alan. Thanks for coming in. Thank um, you. Now, help me out with this name. Emily. Emily. Emily uh, Manick, who's the Manager for Centre Care Foster Care, and also Carol Murray, who's the Specialist Short-Term Carer with Centre Care, and she's also, at the moment, caring for two needy teenagers. Hi, Carol. Hi, how are you? You're the hero of the of the lineup to you today, aren't you? Yes. <laughs> Everyone's nodding their heads, Carol. Yeah. Don't deny it. Don't deny right. it. Listen, let's start with you, uh, Cathy. Um, we are, are. Are we? Are we looking down the, the face of a down the barrel of a, of a real crisis as far as foster care is concerned? Look, particularly foster carers for older children is the yeah. real area of demand for us. We've got just under three thousand nine hundred children in um, state care in out of home care, and of those, um, some thirteen hundred are aged between twelve and seventeen. So you've got about a third of your population in out of home care are essentially teenagers. And for those children, well, they're not children anymore, are they? They're on the cusp of mm. adolescence and, um, you know, being um, adults. Um, often, as you just said in your introduction and as Carol's doing every day, they're not necessarily the first group that carers are putting their hands up when they think about who they might provide, you know, an, uh, an ongoing home for. So, yeah, look, it's definitely a pressure point for us. Mm. What's happening at the moment, the kids that uh, you haven't got enough carers for, where are they? So in terms of um, out of that, um, as I said, there's about 1,300 yeah. that are in out-of-home care. About 1,000 of them, nearly 1,000, are in family-based care. So people like Carol and, you know, aunties and, you know, grandparents or other foster carers. But about 300, 340 will find themselves in a mix of residential care, um, might be some other form of rostered environment, or they might be in independent living. Mm. So not necessarily what we want because we know that for a number of young people in residential care, for example, a good number of them could be placed with families if we had suitable families. Mm. Leanne, why is the, the, the problem getting worse? Is, is it simply a case of we have this misconception that, that, that smaller kids are, are the ones that um, you know, need the most help? Yes, partly, but also children are being removed from family homes at a faster rate right. than we can approve foster carers. Um, while we endeavour the foster care process to be as streamlined and as a supportive process as we possibly can, it does need to be a rigorous process. So essentially we do have to manage the gap and some children are placed in a residential care rotational environment, but with the right supports from foster care agencies and the Department for Child Protection, Many of those children can transition into foster care homes. Mm. 
So look, essentially we are looking for foster carers to provide all types of care within South Australia and there's a number of foster care agencies including Centre Care where we're more than happy to take phone calls and answer queries from potential people that could consider foster care. Well, Emily, let, let, let's ask then, what, what makes a good foster parent, a foster carer? Someone who's got the motivation to help children that are in need, as well as people who demonstrate the core qualities, such as the PACE model that we look at, which is the Dan Hughes model, which stands for playfulness, empathy, acceptance, curiosity. I didn't say that in the right order. <laughs> no, that's all right, that's all right. Yeah. But they're, they're, that's the core. That's yeah. really what we do look for when we're assessing people. Uh, we look at we used a competency-based tool, and we look at um, motivations, and we look for those elements coming through in the assessment process. Unfortunately, the trend there with all those assessments of people restricting and limiting themselves to the zero and four, zero to four age group. Yeah, mm. yeah, I can, I can, yeah, that makes sense when you explain all that. Mm. How, how, is it just a matter of getting that message out or are people reluctant to actually go through this process? I think there's a couple of myths around uh, zero to four being most at risk, most vulnerable, but also their care needs being perhaps viewed as easier to care for, whereas being in the program and Carol can attest mm. to this mm. because she's cared for both uh, younger children and older children all kids have um, different areas of complexities across the lifespan so younger children um, whilst they might be there might not be as much emotional regulation involved the physical demands mm. can be quite demanding mm. Carol, let's come to you. You've now you've you've had experience at the younger age group, yes? Yes. Yeah. The youngest has been just under two. Under two. Mm-hmm. How long for? Um, I just only had her for a short period, probably less than a month. Mm-hmm. Um, the others, I, because I started off initially just doing respite care every right. second weekend, mm-hmm. and so th- that range of children was from three to ten. And the girls that I have now, the teens, um, are thirteen and fifteen. Okay, what has it has it been a real change in you for you in in what you've been experiencing with the younger ones? Because you obviously need to give them a lot of supervision, you know. So yeah, you, and and constant entertainment, and also too, I don't have neighbours that have small children, so the. The children that have been with me for any length of time were always looking for the company of other mm-hmm. children. And I can certainly facilitate that by taking them to play cafes and parks and the like. And, and that's been fine. And we've had a lot of fun and they've been a lot of fun. But now I have the experience of having the teenagers yeah, who are so the other much end more of the independent. Mm. And um, you don't need to supervise as much. You know, it actually is a lot easier. And uh, apart from providing the taxi service, as most people (laughs) would, uh, you know, they just let you know what they're doing and where they're going. And, you know, within reason, um, that's fine. What sort of support do you get? um, I have very good support and I have only had the girls with me for the last few months, Mm. four months, I think it is. But you've had them over the Christmas break, Over Christmas, over the school holidays, yeah, and, you know, there's been a few issues where I've had to um, contact my social worker and get that support, and I always have that support. 
and know that it's there. There's out of hours support for mm-hmm. me as well if mm-hmm. I've needed to access that. And and how do you sort of? I think a lot of people would be saying, "Well, hang on. What if it does go pear shaped? What if they are playing up? Mm. I'm not their parent. I'm not their mum. How do I actually handle that? Have you found yourself in that situation? And 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 how have you acted?" They've never said that to me, like, you know, you're not my mum, but they've, you know, certainly there's been that, not just with me, but with the social workers, you know, towards them that, you know, you can't tell me what Mm. to do, you know, you can't, um, you know, you're not the boss here, you know, whatever. Um, So the way that I've managed it when they've kind of challenged me, which really I've been very lucky, I have to say, I haven't had that many challenges. They've been great. Mm -hmm. In fact, they've been um, less troublesome than I actually anticipated, to be honest. I I thought, oh, yeah, well, here you go. I'll get a run for my money here. (laughs) But, you know, and never having had children myself and, you know, um, these are the first teens to come into the program. And this is a reunification program. So it's, you know, I actually did think it would be a lot harder. And it actually isn't they lovely girls. Mm. I would have thought, Cathy, you know, as Carol said, when they sort of do light up, your own kids are going to throw that sort of stuff at you, Mm. aren't they? Mm. They do. They say, you know, hang on, this is my life, Dad. Mm. This is Mm. not your... They're going to treat you exactly the same as a normal parent, I would have thought, from my amateur point of view. Well, I did say to the older one that, all right, if you want to run the shop and be your own boss and everything, um, the first thing you can be in charge of is recharging your mobile phone. So you actually (laughs) need to get a job. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. it was like, oh, okay. Um, There'd be silence at the other end of the conversation. And (laughs) And I have to say, I mean, I'm not that rigid with boundaries, so it's just like... See, you know, there are some things, and like I pointed out to both of them again just recently, we all have to live by the rules. I said, otherwise, I could just get in my car and just hammer it and do 140 k's in a Mm. 30 zone Mm. if there's no rules. We all have rules and boundaries, and that's just how life is. Mm. And they're fine with that. Cathy, you're the Chief Executive of the Department of Child Protection, so this is your area. Am I right in assuming that, uh, you know, what we've just been talking about, the rules and regulations, well, not rules and regulations, but the the, 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 the the barriers and so forth that we have within our own home, our own family life, can be imposed in this situation? Absolutely. Sa- sa- same deal. Yeah, and look, we were talking about this outside because I was saying to Carol, you know, this is the same issues that teenagers are testing, mm. mum, dad mm. and every variant um, in their life, often on a day-to-day basis. I think that we often think about what you can't do, but I think your questioning, Alan, of Carol was really good because it, t- you know, it, te- it teases out that issue about actually what every child and young person is looking for is someone in their life who cares, mm. who actually holds the line when a line needs to be held, who's clear about the boundaries and Carol used some lovely language outside about not being punitive, so actually explaining, you know, when the boundaries get pushed, well actually no that's not okay and this is why and you know, all of that. So I think um, going back to Emily's point, you know that question of how you recruit good carers and you know, how you find those elements that you know, pace picks up, that idea of, you know, empathy Mm. um, is so important because it doesn't mean that you let them rule the room 
bruised doesn't let mean you, you want them to you know put themselves in harm's way um, and it's so important that they keep themselves safe but it is also important that they understand you know what are the consequences of their actions mm. if they do this and I think this is the piece that we're increasingly talking to our agencies and supports about because honestly that's what our great carers do they navigate that tricky environment between a department who in many cases might be stepping in as a you know de facto parent mm. but mm. actually isn't in the house you know, at All the time. 10 o'clock at mm. night mm. when things are going pear-shaped, as mm. Carol said. So we've got to work with our agencies and our carers to say, we trust you, we support you, but we also need to accept what's good parenting in those environments. We've got a panel of experts with us uh, talking about um, childcare, particularly uh, or foster care, particularly uh, about teenagers. Got any questions or comments? Give us a call, 8223 0000. You know how they say a penny saved is a penny earned? Well, we just had a garage sale and one young bloke paid 60 bucks my old typewriter (laughs) his idea of saving is a little different to mine you're even smarter with your money these days if you take out apia home and car insurance you'll get 10 percent off both we're australia's leading over 50s insurance specialist it's time to switch to apia terms and conditions apply apia is an authorized representative of ai limited the product issuer consider the videos before buying whether it's right for you call 13 50 50 for a copy taking time to listen can make all the difference Farrell and O'Neill Funerals is a South Australian family company committed to guiding and supporting families at an emotional time. We value a lifetime by offering a compassionate, caring and unique service with attention to the smallest detail. Finding guidance through a difficult time can be comforting. Farrell and O'Neill Funerals. 8296-3134. With SA Quality Home Improvement's self-cleaning pool, the only work you'll need to do is on your tumble turn. Yep, a self-cleaning pool. You've got a series of automated jets that blow debris into the MDX main drain. No nets, no expensive pool cleaning accessories, no more work for you. How good is that? And when you buy a pool from SA Quality Home Improvements, you can also choose whatever you need to surround it and enhance your lifestyle. Visit saqualityhomeimprovements.com.au If you've been suffering from hip or knee problems, request a referral to the Adelaide Hip and Knee Centre. Our dedication to management of hip and knee disorders and use of the most up-to-date technology allows us to provide you with the highest level of personalised care. Located at the Burnside War Memorial Hospital, we provide a quick response to all patient referrals. Consult your GP and request a referral to the Adelaide Hip and Knee Centre. Visit ahkc.com.au. Is that one there? Ah, no. Oh, found one. Maybe not. Small car hiding behind the big ones. Oh, are they leaving? No, they're getting their bags out the back. I'll just do one more lap. The worst part about shopping is you usually spend more time looking for a park than in the shops. Not at Newton Central. With access to over 500 car parks, you'll never have to do one more lap of the parking lot before you shop. Newton Central. Gorge Road, Newton. Hello everyone, it's cruise season and there's never been a better time to book your next magical cruise holiday with Travel Associates. Right now, we have some incredible exclusive offers with free upgrades, onboard credit and more. Viking World Discovery Cruise is now on sale, including free business class flights. Wherever you want to cruise, we have a cruise for you because when it comes to cruising, our experience counts. Call Travel Associates today on 13 70 71. That's 13 70 71. 
Enjoy the party atmosphere every Sunday at the Jeff's Cross Market with stalls, homemade treats, fresh fruit and veg, arts, crafts, bric-a-brac and more. Wallace Cinema's mainline drive-in on Main North Road from 7am every Sunday for the Jeff's Cross Market. Visit wallace.com.au. In Adelaide and across South Australia, this is Alan Hickey. Scraped your caravan? Walker Crash Caravan Repairs. Easy insurance repairs, fast. Nine minutes away from two o'clock. We are talking about foster carers and the fact that we need more foster carers uh, in across the age group, but specifically the conversation today is about uh, foster carers looking after kids from the age of 12 to 17 because we've got a a real uh, shortage of people willing to put up their hand. Can I ask you, uh, Leanne, from uh, the uh, the Children's Services Unit at Centre Care, um, what training do I get if I do volunteer? Okay. Well, as part of the assessment process, we build in training right from the onset. And the training is about child development, behaviours that children that have experienced neglect or abuse or trauma background. We provide training around how to identify the behaviours and what sorts of um, responses carers could elicit to be able to get the best outcomes for the children. The training is over a period of time and we also try to make it flexible to fit in with potential carers' routines and school pickups and other demands that they may have. Mm-hmm. Um, in addition to the the trauma-informed training, we offer ongoing training once they're registered and we try to tailor-make the training to carers' needs so they have the opportunity to speak with a support worker about specific um, training for age groups of children that they're caring for. But we provide a lot of training around trauma-informed practice. So we do identify those challenges and there is a degree of challenges, but... If you've got a genuine... What do you mean by trauma-informed practice? That, okay. mean, that means letting me know sure. what to expect from an individual child because of what they've been sure. through. Is that what it is? Yes, absolutely yeah. it does. And But to break it down even further, there may be some children that um, are afraid of affection or um, connecting with someone mm. in the household, but that's not because it's something that the potential carer has done. It could be because of their life experiences, so it becomes a, a protection mechanism for them. So we have to work with the carer and the young person to build up trust over time and also to give them permission that it's okay to invest and trust in someone. Mm. Um, Mm. I mean, to oversimplify it, a cuddle can be a powerful thing, can't it? Yes, absolutely. But it's not always appropriate. It may not be. Not always wanted. Yes, it may not be. Mm. And so we have to work alongside each placement match to work out what is going to be the right sort of behaviours and parenting techniques that will be able to build up attachment, strength and you know, a functional household over time. There's certainly challenges, but the rewards far outweigh the challenges, just as you would raising in any child yeah, in community. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Emily, is, is the most desirable foster carer someone already with the family? So they, you know, they have kids already in the house? Uh, not necessarily. So um, a lot of people who have experience lived experience in providing care for adolescents and young people uh, are actually a lot of people that are looking at retirement. So they've actually successfully come out the other side of parenting an adolescent um, and that's fantastic to come forward if they've got um, 
a, a spare room in their house and they want to give back and go through it again. Mm. But mm. we would hold their hand every step of the way. So, Do many people do that? Empty nesters yeah. come forward? Absolutely. They do? Yeah. yeah. I, can, actually, I can relate to that. That, mm. that sort of makes a lot of sense, doesn't it? Yeah. That, so uh, it forms part of the motivation as well around really wanting to help kids out and they're at a stage where they now have the time and the capacity to do that. Mm. Carol, you were saying about uh, when you started, you, you, you've had little kids and now you've got uh, teenagers. What's, uh, what's been the highlight across... How many years have you been doing it? When did you start? Only two. No, but... For, for the girls? No, no, no. For, for all along you've been I, caring for... I only finished work full-time two years ago. Oh, okay. Oh, so, sorry, I thought yeah, you were doing so now I've only come into it. The training I did the year before I finished work, and that just involved um, the social workers coming over uh, once every few weeks for a few hours, mm-hmm. and we'd just have a chat. Then I'd be left with homework to do, <laughs> which was just case scenarios, yeah, how I'd yeah. respond to things, and um, and then obviously just checking my background, as, as you would for anybody. Mm. Um, so yeah. what's been the highlight? What, what's been the moment? Just made all this for worthwhile. these girls that I've got at the moment, who are very unsettled, just to see them really settled and engaging, and we had a great Christmas and had a lot of fun, and they love shopping. I don't mind shopping either, so <laughs> you know we're girls. It's another so thing you've got in lovely. common, yeah. Um, yeah. You know, uh, we bond over movies, or at the moment, married at first sight. Um, you know. <laughs> See you who's going to end up you with You could who. imagine in the evening so in actually, your house at the moment. You know, there's fun times in there, and and the majority of times it's it's all great. And yeah. look, they have some struggles, and it's a lot to ask somebody to come and live with a stranger. Yeah, absolutely, you know? absolutely. And that's so, something that I, I think mm. we sort of don't really give mm. as much consideration to as we should. Mm. What's it like from their point of view? That's right, and that's the thing, and that's where the training helps because I think understanding that trauma also kind of puts you in a situation where you can just remind yourself, you know, if things can are a little bit tricky, just to say, what does it feel like to be them? Mm. And I've mm. said to the girls, I don't know what it's like to be you. I can only just imagine and just try and support you through it wherever. Um, you know, it's just just can be very difficult for the kids. Cathy, if I volunteer and I go down this path and I just get to the point where, look, I, this is not working, I can't handle it anymore, is it difficult for me to bow out of the system? No, not at all. And and I think also some people will bow out for a period of time. Yeah. There might be a change in circumstances mm. in the family and sometimes you need to just go on hold. Absolutely, we'd respect that. Um, a lot of people follow the path Carol's taken, which will, you know, they'll first test the water as a respite carer. They might then go down the short-term care path, you know, before they look at long-term care and I think what we've got to do is really work with you know where a family or where you know a carer is at so it might be as Carol said you know she was about to retire thought about what life might look like you know post-retirement how might she be able to give you know back to community thinking about you know a documentary she saw you know back in Mm. the late 80s Mm. so I think what we've got to do is work with people's motivations recognize that you know all of our lives are complex but they're particularly complex for 
young people who, through no fault of their own, can no longer live with their mum and dad. And it's just incumbent on us to do everything we can to keep them safe and make them feel valued, mm. you know, and a wonderful part of society. Working in this area, I mean, the, the, the level of satisfaction uh, that you get out of it must be absolutely enormous, uh, Leanne. Mm. Yeah, absolutely. It's not a job. It's, it's a commitment to giving back to community. And if you think about young children, older children, at the end of the day, they want somewhere to call a home. They want to feel belonged. They want someone to help them with their struggles, their homework, to pack their lunch, to troubles at school. And I've worked in this space for 22 years and I've often thought, what would it be like for a child not having a home? Mm -hmm. And that's the motivation for all of us in this industry. It's about working together to create quality homes and helping children to be whole people. Connection to birth family, knowing who they are and having a place in community. I think that pretty well sums it up, doesn't it? Beautifully. Yeah, well done. Thank you. Thank you very much, Leanne, and thank no you all for coming in. Kathy, um, uh, where, if, if I am interested in finding out more information, where should I uh, go? That's a fantastic question. So I'm going to direct everyone, if they're interested, a good starting point is to go to fostercare.sa.gov.au, uh, that website, or we've also got um, a phone number that people can call, which mm -hmm. is 1300 to foster, um, which is, of course, for anyone who can't work out what the foster yeah, is, yeah. it's the 367-837. But we welcome people contacting us, or as Leanne said, one of the 10 or so um, agencies across South Australia who do extraordinary jobs every day. Mm. So there's Centre Care and uh, Centre Care Foster Centre and all that sort of stuff. Yes. Um, uh, and I imagine it would be an opportunity to, to contact you and just have a chat. You don't have to make any commitments. Mm. Just, you know, dabble a little bit and find out what's what the situation is and, and go on from there. You can shared lives orientation training and that'll give you a realistic view of whether it's a pathway you want to go down or not. That's good. What is, what is it? Shared lives orientation training. Good. Okay, that's a, that's a really good idea. And uh, finally, Carol, I'll give you the, the last word. Congratulations. Thank you. Wonderful. And if you've got just one final message to anyone out there listening that might be giving this a bit of consideration. Just um, not to be put off by, you know, bad stories that you might hear about teens because there's lots of kids out there that very easily fit into families and these girls in the last few months have very easily fitted in with my extended family and um, we really haven't had any issues and I met a residential carer who, who was telling me about a couple of boys that he knows that are just lovely and he said there's no reason why they would not fit into a family mm -hmm. and they're in residential care sadly. So I'd recommend everybody just to give it a go, go to an information session, which is what I did, and then that's where I took it from there. Fantastic. Excellent. Well, listen, thanks for coming in. Uh, wonderful you. conversation, and uh, let's hope that uh, we can recruit a few more people mm. to put their hands up. Uh, 8223 0000. Stick around.